podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Bosco's boys are back. We're down in the crossroads. Our favorite place to be in the entire city, I think. We're at a different location because, you know why? Our favorite place is so damn popular that we could not find a place to sit. That's Double Shift Brewery, folks. We've been shouting them out all damn year. And, you know, we wanted to record there, but... Just packed. We could not find a spot to go, so we had to head across the street to another great place, the International Tab House. It's it's, it's the best. It's I, a great. It's uh, it's not the second best place to be down in the crossroads. It's only like, because it's not a brewery, and I like, think that Casual Animal is awesome, and we're gonna yeah, shout them out later. Yeah. But if you want to come to get a beer down in the crossroads, I'd probably come to ITAP. It's actually probably one of the best. Like, if you want a variety of beers in Kansas City. Like, this is the spot I go to. Like, there's a couple other good ones, but this is, like, out of non-breweries, this is my favorite place to drink in all of Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, it's got, like, 120 beers available. It's pretty great. Uh, But, but, you know, they're not a sponsor yet. They're not a sponsor yet. But we want to talk about our sponsor. This show, as always, is brought to you by MyBookie. You know, we're we're about to hit bowl season. There's no better time to be gambling than bowl season. Uh, NFL's going, NBA's going, college basketball is going. Literally everything is going. And if you haven't joined with my bookie yet, um, I'm I'm questioning if you're a real bonehead, guys. This promo is not going to be around much longer. So if you want to cash in, now is the time. Remember our promo code boys twenty five, and hey, make sure you're following them on Twitter as well at my or at bet my bookie. They've given over away over ten thousand dollars in straight cash, homie, and a ton of free plays. If you want to see the latest odds, if you want to see you know the latest prop bets, if you want to put a bet down on just about anything, go there. If you're a guy who likes to play the roulette wheel. Put a hundred bucks down on a parlay. Put a couple teams on there. If you win them all, you're walking away with six, seven, eight hundred bucks. My bookie is the place to be. Promo code boys 50% bonus match. Hop on my bookie. Do it. Um, I'm going to tell you about my beer of the pod. Um, it's the decadent peach cream pop. Are you doing this before we IPA. drop in the theme song? I am. Oops. Oh well. All right. Let's do the beer of the pod, and then we'll, we'll hit the Christmas theme. What's yours? Mine is St. <laughs> Bernard's Christmas Ale. The St. Bernard's Christmas Ale. Super and a tasty. Peach Cream Pop IPA. It's the beer of the pod. Welcome to the show. Let's start the show. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Scott's making a list. Grant's checking it twice. They're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Ho, 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 boys. Welcome to Bosco's Boys. We aren't going to talk about our beer of the pod because we already did that, so let's hop straight into the news. Alex Delton officially has announced that he's going to take the grad transfer route today. Thoughts? 
you know, I, I think anyone who's been listening to the podcast uh, for any amount of time knows both of us would con- we'd consider ourselves Skylar Thompson guys, but that doesn't take away uh, being able to appreciate what Alex Delton has brought to K-State. He ended up being at K-State for four full years, uh, you know, three years. He's, he was a redshirt junior. He legitimately sacrificed his body, his well-being, um, you know, his future, his physical future for K-State. So I don't think anyone should be able to say anything except for great things about Alex Delton. The dude bled purple. He was an emaw. And, you know, I think his performance versus KU, I mean, we, we you and I have poo-pooed this idea that the KU game is this massive game. Like, that's we're not, we're not the type of podcast that's going to sit here and try to shit on KU, all that type of stuff. All that being said, beating KU and being better than KU is important to a lot of folks in the fan base and in a uh, college rivalry. You want to be definitely better. important yes, to us. <laughs> you want to be better than your in-state rival. We don't win that game if Alex Dalton doesn't basically say – you know, screw it. I'm willing to sacrifice my body for this win because he didn't have a single designed run in that first half. He ended up having 13 in the second half and going above and beyond to make sure we could win that game. So, um, you know, I think every K-State fan needs to think about that game and then the Cactus Bowl MVP and look very fondly upon Alex Dalton's time. And then you can also look to that OU game. What could have been if we could have just, you know, Last year's OU game, not this year's OU game. Right. Nothing was going to save us this year. But he had some great moments for K-State, and I'm, I'm going to be cheering for this kid wherever he lands. Uh, there's some message board fodder talking about Georgia Tech, talking about UTEP. Um, I'd love know, to see him at Georgia yeah, Tech. I, I would too, although Paul Johnson's gone, yeah. so they're not going to run the triple option. So I think that, that might be a little bit of message board fodder. Um, him hooking up with Dana Dimmel out at uh, UTEP, you know, if that's where he ends up, you know, I'll be cheering for him. I, I, I no longer f- like hold animosity against Dana, and I would love to see Alex Delton get one more year and light up the Conference USA yeah. um, and have a big year. So wherever he goes, I'm going to have my eye on him, and I'm going to be cheering Alex Delton from Kansas City. Couldn't agree more. Make no mistake about it. He delivered for this program and this team on several occasions. I mean, you think back to the Cactus Bowl where he was the MVP. We couldn't get anything going, and we put Alex Delton in, and the man went off, and they couldn't stop our running game since. Um, <clears throat> what's your favorite Delton memory? Uh-huh. Mine's pro. I mean, it's bittersweet. I'll say OU probably because he completely showed out. He went 12 of 14 in the passing game for a touchdown. He ran for 142 yards for three touchdowns. Man, he had four total touchdowns. Did everything he possibly could against an incredible Oklahoma team. Just didn't quite have the D to stop Baker Mayfield. But yeah, I mean, I, he balls. It's it's either that game or you know his game-winning touchdown versus KU this year. Cactus um, Bowl was pretty fun. Cactus too. Bowl was a lot of fun. Um, I I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the KU game this year. Uh, you know, at, at that point, you're thinking, oh, man, are, are they going to, you know, turn around? And, you know, as much as I like to, like, lead, like, lead everyone to believe I don't care about beating KU, I do. I didn't want to lose that game. Uh, so that second half versus KU, I think that's going to be my lasting memory of Alex Delton. Um, you know, and he was also, you know, a unanimous team captain. Like, th- this guy was – this guy was a wildcat in uh, – you know, I look forward again to watching him, and he—I think you know—he might be a guy who might get into the coaching game one day. 
I think he's a smart guy. I think uh, I, I don't know if this is the last you'll hear from Alex Dalton. So probably not. Speaking of coaching, we will pivot a little bit into the coaching search talk. There's been a couple of possible candidates that have been eliminated. I don't know if they were really real candidates, but Ryan Day at Ohio State, he was you know mentioned in an <clears throat> ESPN article as being possibly connected to the K State job and taking over for Urban. He's taking over for Urban Meyer, who retired this morning. And, of course, of course, our guy, one of our guys, Scott Sattersfield. Scott's desperately fighting a uh, sneeze right now. Sorry about that. Back on the mic. Um, one of our guys, Scott Sattersfield, took the Louisville job, you know, as a lot of people expected. What are your thoughts on, on those two gentlemen? Yeah, I'm going to start with Sattersfield because he's been on my list for a while. Um, we started this. I went back and found the show outline the first time we got asked about a short list of coaches um, if Bill, if this was Bill's last season, and I had Seth Luttrell and Scott Sattersfield on that list, so these are—he's a guy that's been on my radar for a while. Um, when he didn't get that North Carolina job, I was floored for him. And then when Brom decided he was going to stay at Purdue, I instantly thought, "All right, Louisville is going to take him, and he's going to be a great coach." I think when it's all said and done, he is going to win, and he's going to win big at Louisville. Um, Ryan Day, again, I, I have no idea how realistic that was. Uh, there was that one ESPN article that linked him to that job, so that's what triggered him to get put on the hot board with our friends at KSO. Yeah, um, I have no idea if there was e I, any yeah, actual I, real I connection no there. That might have just been something random. Um, I have no idea if he's going to be any good. I think this is the uh, – you know, I think this is kind of like the Bob Stoops effect. You know, Bob yeah. Stoops had an offensive coordinator in Lincoln Riley that he really liked. Uh, so he retired and basically forced him into the job. Um, Urban Meyer, I think when it, I don't think he's retired. I think you're going to see him be the next head coach at USC. Um, so I could see my, that. That's I, my official prediction. My, I'm going to, I'll. I disagree. I think he's done. I really do. I think well, he's had so many health well, issues. He and allegedly has a cyst on his a, brain. Yeah, so, like, if yeah. he can't get that figured out, he needs to stay away from it. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to be a contrarian. But So, he, 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 he got the Ohio State job, which kind of sucks for folks who like to watch the carousel um, spin. An in-house promotion is not very fun for the coaching carousel. But it is what it is. If you don't uh, – have any other comments on those two guys? We'll move on to Gene. Do you have anything else? I don't have much to say, but, yeah, there's a couple of AD quotes that we're going to read here, and there's some things to be taken from them, at least at least the latter. Um, but we'll start off. I'll read what Gene Taylor said about, you know, our head football coach, uh, Search. <clears throat> he said, our priority will be to identify the absolute best individual to lead our program, and we will do so in a timely yet exhaustive manner. This is a program with a rich tradition, a passionate fan base, and a facility infrastructure that is second to none, and we want to find a successful coach who best fits and understands our culture here at K-State. We will attract some of the nation's top coaches, and I look forward to introducing K-State Nation, its next coach, in the near future. Whew. It's a great diplomatic professional quote and I don't know if there's really much to take from that it's pretty generic but you know I think this is something that's been going on for behind the scenes for a while um, I mean as far as I know our sources that have been talking to us that keep us well connected 
have had us believing that Gene has been working his ass off, you know, behind closed doors probably since October. So this may be, this is probably far, 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 well, more far along than, than, than that indicates, and that's absolutely true. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, the fact that he is not – this was – he followed this up by saying he will not do any more press. He's not going to put out any other releases. He's not going to do a press conference or anything until we have our next head coach. That makes me think that this baby is close. We're going to touch on a couple other things that are going to lead us to that. Um, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, go into North Texas's AD quote. <laughs> he stood in for Seth Luttrell for these schools – pre-New Mexico Bowl press conference. I believe this was Monday, and this was his exact quote. I am bullish on our potential to keep Coach Luttrell, but I also have comfort in knowing because of his efforts and the efforts of his coaches, our student-athletes, and efforts of our administration and staff, we have a situation here that would be highly attractive to a lot of candidates. That was Ren Baker. He goes, I believe we will continue to be successful. If that doesn't sound like a defeated AD who knows his coach is gone, I don't know what does. Yeah, the entire second half of that, he immediately, I mean, the first thing he says is we're bullish about keeping Latrell, but he instantly pivots to like, okay, this is probably, <laughs> this is an attractive place that would attract a lot of candidates and we're, in, we're set up well for success. And if you watch the video, which I did, oh, it's far more language. telling. His body language is terrible. He's Looking not, down. yeah, doesn't make eye contact. He's like, clears his throat several times he's touching his face a lot it's just it's awkward and you can tell that he's very uncomfortable talking about it because the writing's probably on the wall but you know that's something that we've been talking about for a while and i think we already know that the writing is probably on the wall so it's i think we're getting there we're real close and i know you said this on twitter today like Oh, no, you didn't. You said this on the boards. You're like, we're going to record and release an episode tonight, and it's probably going to be dated the second we, or hopefully it's not dated like as soon as we release it, but it might be. Yeah, everyone might be listening to this just saying, no, duh, yeah. we have our guy. Um, the next thing that's been real telling, it's two, two things I'm going to talk about, then we can discuss them. Um, there have been reports. There's been a lot of discussion. We have folks who have told us this. We are of belief that up in New York City right now, Gene Taylor has sat down with a handful of candidates, but we believe that he's had a full-fledged interview with Seth Luttrell. And then there's also been a lot of chatter stemming from the current players that they've been told to expect something no later than next week. Well, I have have a feeling that that's very conservative. I, I don't think that folks would be telling the current players no later than next week if they weren't pretty sure this thing was about to wrap up. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, our guy Gene is in North or er, not North in uh, New York <laughs> City holding court, talking to a couple folks. Uh, but it sounds like you know he's sat down with Seth Luttrell, maybe not just once. Maybe they they've been more than once. Been I would together think. a handful of times, just in the last <sighs> well, couple of days. What do uh, my thoughts are that this is all we've been hearing for like five weeks and it seems to be coming to an end point. Um, you know, they're both in New York. He officially interviewed for the job and I'm here. It's, it's Tuesday night. It's December 4th. So I'm expecting, honestly, it could, it could legitimately break tonight or tomorrow. And if at the latest Friday, so 
you know, this is, I think it's happening. I think it's real. I'm not, we're not officially saying that we've heard that it's Seth Luttrell official, but. Yeah, we're not making I, the official call yet. I would call yet. be willing to bet money on it. I mean, it's, it seems like they're, it's very likely that that's going to be the next head coach, or he's going to be the next head coach. So it's exciting. Um, a couple other, a couple other dudes, candidates, Mr. Chris Kleiman, he came out and said in his press conference this week that he has zero talks with Gene Taylor about the K State opening. Do you think that's even remotely true? I, maybe direct conversations. Chris to Gene, that might be true. Um, I, I, knowing what we know about how Gene Taylor's been going about this, there is zero chance that Chris Kleiman hasn't had his tires kicked, whether it's through an intermediaries, uh, you know, agents, firms. Um, he is 100% the fallback guy. If something were to happen and, you know, Seth Luttrell falls through, Brent Venables says no, Norvell's holding out for something else, and Neil Brown wants an SEC job, then I think we would be ready to pull the trigger on climbing. Um, I don't buy it for one second that there's been zero contact between the two parties. Person to person, maybe, but I don't think it's going to come to that. But I did throw that in there because he was asked the question in his press conference this week, and that was his answer, so... I would agree with everything you just said. Um, that's going to wrap up our coaching talk. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to answer a bunch of questions from the Boneheads. And there's a lot of coaching talk in that. Yes, there is. We will be right back. All right, we're back. We got some fresh new beers. We both went local. Casey Beer Company, Winterbach. You should check that out, guys. It's on 79th like, in Warnall. I'm not sure. It's kind of tucked away on the east side of Warnall, around like 79th area. It's pretty damn good. I love that place. It's a great spot to have uh, conversations about both of the world wars, as <laughs> we both did with our friend Anthony very <laughs> loudly on one night this past summer. But it is what it is. Um, we put the call out to all the boneheads. Mm. Uh, for some questions about K-State football's future, the coaching uh, search, Bill Snyder. So um, you guys delivered. We have some good questions. We ragged on you a little bit about your uh, question asking a while ago, but uh, you guys really you guys came came to the game. So we're going to dive into them. Um, there's a couple back backfilled in, but kind of uh, they they fill with the tone of the show so we're gonna get stuff started with emo lorado and then uh c underscore nrad had a uh he had a good one as well on this topic the first question was very simply what do y'all think in relations to less miles going to ku that was the first one then conrad said why isn't the ku hire of less miles uh setting off more alarms of k-state twitter I'm not super plugged in, but the Mad Hatter settling up shop less than an hour from downtown Kansas City should be frightening. So uh, we haven't we, – we've kind of dabbled at it, but let's touch on it quickly. What are your thoughts on that uh, hire by KU? And then what – are you scared of Les Miles? Are you scared of what he could set up at KU? Personally, I think Les Miles is a great hire for KU um, because in that job, there's two things that you want to do. You want to, one, you want to reinvigorate the fan base, which that absolutely does. And two, you want to improve recruiting, and that absolutely does that. 
Do I think he's going to turn KU around? Not necessarily. I mean, he's a 65-year-old man taking on an extremely difficult job. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see the staff that he brings in when his staff is complete. That will I'll be I'll be looking into that, and I'll be interested to see what kind of offense he wants to try and run. Um, I think he'll certainly raise the floor at KU. I don't think. Oh, and, and in regards to the second part of that question, should we be scared? You know, I don't think about KU very much. I think about K State, and what we're doing right now. I think we will be just fine. So, um. You know, I, what are your thoughts? That's pretty much sums up how I feel about Les Miles. I'm not panicking about it at all. Yeah, he is a guy who will 100% raise that floor. That was the perfect way of putting it. The years of KU winning one or no games, they're gone. They'll compete now, yeah, they, for sure. And they were competing at the end of this year. I think, uh, I think he's a charismatic guy in living rooms. He didn't win the press conference, and... He doesn't have a pair of tailored pants, which I know. Like for a guy who has as much money as he, he had does, a great he needs suit jacket too. <laughs> no, I I think you're. I hope you're being sarcastic. I am. It was like a textured. <laughs> it was just bad. Navy. Yeah, it, and it was like he, slight. It was like kind of plaid yeah, looking. It, it wasn't very good. He needs a stylist. He needs a stylist, or just to straight up embrace being a football coach. Like stop trying to wear suits and just go all in on polos. But. Uh, you know, I, I think he's going to raise their uh, profile. I think in his staff right now, he has two former LSU guys, failed SEC coaches. So I think he's trying to turn KU into like a LSU light um, and just getting bounce back guys. And I don't know if that's the correct route to go. If they're just going to depend on bounce backs of guys who can't get into SEC schools, neglect Texas, neglect Kansas. Um, that would be a mistake by him. Uh, so I'll be interested to see if he starts getting more like kind of Big 12-centric hires on his staff. But his first two guys are just washed-up, failed SEC types. So uh, we'll see. Not scared. Um, but I'll tell you this right now, you know, um, if Bill was going to be back, I, I was going to be nervous. Um, I was too. <laughs> I'm working under the impression that we're going to have Seth Luttrell. This dude can recruit. He Talk about charisma. I, I watched a ton of the Behind the Mean Green YouTube series. What's his – I have not. What's his, what does he sound like? Oh, well, he, he like sounds like a dude who's carrying around like half, half a can of, of dip in is. his mouth, it and looked, I love it. <laughs> He he is he is exactly what you think a football coach. I just be. so badly want him to sound like Coach Taylor, like so bad. No, I want him a, to have a that deeper voice, voice than uh, <laughs> Eric Taylor. Uh, but we'll move on from that. Uh, thanks for those questions. We hadn't had not touched on the KU hire yet. Um, and l let's just briefly talk about just real quick. This is on the script. Matt Wells going to Texas Tech. Um, a Utah State guy. He was briefly mentioned. Uh, with K-State a few weeks ago before the hire was opening or uh, before the job was open. Uh, any thoughts at all about Matt Wells? I, I think he's a meh hire for them. They, they're going defense. They're going out of the Texas uh, you know, fraternity for it. I, I think, honestly, that was a worse hire than KU going with Les Miles. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think Matt Wells is a decent coach. He's like I don't know his exact record, but it's like somewhere in the in the realm of like forty and thirty ish. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, he did a good job at at Utah State. I don't know how he's going to fare. 
It's going to be weird seeing Tech not maybe being the air raid style. It's going to be strange. That's a defensive-minded head coach. So, so I'm kind of excited to see how that goes. But it could be <laughs> – I mean, Texas Tech may disappear for a while. So we'll see. It's just – if you're going to be in a defensive-minded coach, then you better be elite. I mean, they have to be top of the we line. We actually have a question about that later. Yeah. So we'll – We'll hold off on that. Uh, we'll see. I mean, you can't. You don't know whatever what's going to happen until these people get their staffs in. Honestly, staff is so important. So we'll see. But I, I'm kind of like, whatever. Yep. Um, <coughs> we'll move on to the next one. Jay Boland, 08. Two part question. So we're going to do the first part uh, first. Do you think there's any animosity in Snyder leaving? As in, do you think he was upset at all? Um, this is what I'm going to say. You can say whatever you want. I think. If you are a smart person and you can use context clues and read between the lines, you can answer this question for you. I'm going to take the lead of KSO, and I'm not personally going to say any more than that. I'll answer it. Um, Animosity? I don't know. I think that's a harsh word to use. Uh, I think there may have been some resistance. Um, In regards to him being upset, hell yeah, he's upset. I mean – he built the program from the grave twice. You know, it's his life's work. Anyone would be upset in this situation in any field. It's not Bill Snyder. It doesn't make Bill Snyder a bad guy to be not wanting to leave his life's work. It's his baby. Of course, he's he's gonna he's gonna have a hard time leaving. Um, you know, upset may not be the right word, but you know, it must be impossible for him to try and let go of that. And I totally understand. Um, did you read the second part of the question? I was going to... Okay, you take the second part. (laughs) Yeah, the second part of the question was, in the side question, I live in Kansas City. Which brewery should I go to first? Double Shift. Absolutely. So I have Double Shift in the Crossroads. That's where we're at right now. It's across the street. We would be there 100% if it wasn't crowded. It's very small. Crowded on a Tuesday night. It's crowded on a Tuesday night. So, you know, definitely check it out. After that, I would recommend sticking around in the Crossroads and going about a block to the west taking a right on, I think it's Oak Street. I could be wrong. No, this is Oak Street. McGee. And then go to Casual Animal. I think that's also a very good new microbrewery. So check that out. Yeah, and if you're in the neighborhood, you might as well stop at Border in between the two. Um, They they keep their styles going. Um, And then right up the street, you have, uh, oh, God, what? Torn Label is right up there. And then there's... What is that, Elysium uh, or something? uh, Brewery... What is that? Imperial. Imperial, yeah. uh, Way off. Yeah, and then also (laughs) going in this area very soon is KC Barrel Company. Uh, So a ton of good stuff right down here in the Crossroads. Also check out where we're recording right now is the International Tap House, and it's right on the corner. It's great. Um, but any bre- any beer journey, any brewery ju- journey in Kansas City needs to start at Double Shift. Agreed. Um, a lot of folks are going to try to tell you uh, Boulevard, meh, that's fine. The tour is okay, but Double Shift is the spot. Double Shift, what we like about Double Shift so much is they have a, always have a very unique profile of beers, and they're shuffling beers out constantly. So there's something new pretty much every time you go in there. You could go check out the um, Boulevard uh, beer hall it's great i mean it's fun they have a ton of beer there and it's a cool place to be definitely would recommend it but our favorite place to start definitely in the crossroads at double shift brewery after that we got my boy chris Lilly, chris underscore lily tv um he's down at what kwb oh i forget what it's called now it's i don't know I don't he, know, he left wibw now he's down in wichita but 
Um, follow him on Twitter. <clears throat> He's got two questions, actually. You left I'm, one off, which is okay. Purposely, it did I not know. fit with... Didn't fit with the... Oh, no. okay, okay. I'm going to come back to that one. Okay, we'll keep it. We're going to have another Q&A episode in a couple weeks. I'm going to come back to that. He said, I know your thoughts on Latrell, but if he's not hired, would you consider it a failure? No. Not necessarily. No. I mean... It depends on who it is. Right. It depends I, on what ensues after that, um, what, I, what hire we end up with. For me, Venables and Latrell are a tier above the names that we've mentioned this entire podcast and before, you know, I'd be happy with a hire like Neil Brown and maybe Norvell, although he doesn't excite me as much. Um, but I don't think we're actually linked to them anyways. So I don't I know. There might be a little bit of smoke around Neil Brown. Just saying. Yeah. I, I mean, just I've definitely little. seen, I've definitely seen some links, but you know, in regards to like climbing, let's say we ended up with climbing. There's actually a really good, very good question later about talking about hires we'd be excited and mad, right. and mad about. Yeah, we'll so. come back to that. But, um, Chris, I wouldn't necessarily be, like, fuming, and it wouldn't be a failure. We'll see, But it would depend on what happens after that. Yeah, I'm not a burn it down if it's not Latrell. I'm not – that is not where I'm at because I trust – I mean, Gene. I've definitely become completely infatuated with Seth Latrell I'm at this point. I'm in love point, with that guy, but, but <laughs> I'm already in love with him, but – I'm I'm not in a situation where I'm going to burn it down. I I I'm also anyone who goes into a coaching search with even one or two guys and says if it's anyone but those two, I'm it's it's a failure. You're just setting yourself up to be disappointed. Uh, don't ever do that to yourself. Hey, and Chris, I know you've been DMing me about movies to watch. So by the end of this episode, I will have one. To, I will have come up with one for you to watch. Okay. The next question comes from DJ underscore McClure 24. Do you see Andre Coleman being retained and would you want him to be? I'll take this one first. Um, if I'm working under the, the understanding that it's Seth Luttrell, which um, for any generic question about coaching staffs, that's, the, that's what I'm going to operate under. I don't see him being retained, and quite frankly, I don't want him to. Um, Andre Coleman is a great wildcat. Uh, I I just don't want, honestly, almost any of the offensive coaches to be retained under Seth Luttrell. He, he is such a great offensive mind. I want him to bring in to a man who he wants on the offensive side of the ball because he's an elite offensive coach. Um, so I don't want him. And quite frankly, I was very underwhelmed with Andre Coleman this year. I understand first-year offensive coordinator, but I want to strive to be better than having to have a first-year offensive coordinator. I think that was very well said. I wish I could disagree with you. Um, look, I love Andre Coleman. I have loads of respect for Andre Coleman. I love his attitude and his mentality. I think it's what his mentality is exactly what's required for K-State to become an elite school. That said, our offense was very underwhelming this year. I think part of it is due to personnel, of course. Part of it was probably due to the system that we run. Part of it was probably had to do with a head coach that may have, you know, fettered the autonomy of some of our assistants. Um, you know, it's that said, it's really dependent on the head coach. Look, if Seth Rattel comes in and he's like, I want to keep Andre on staff, then I would back him. But personally, I'd like to see new blood in there with some new ideas. If it's Luttrell... We know he's very hands-on anyways, so I'm not sure it would really matter that much if he if he retained Andre, but ultimately I, I don't expect him to be retained at all. I mean, yeah, he'll probably be gone. So, And I, I hope he 
gets a great job. This current staff is so filled with former Wildcats. Wherever any of them are going, I'm going to have my eye on them, and I'm going to be cheering for them. I love Andre so much. So, you know, we were both born in 1991, I think. Yep. Okay, so we're both born in 91. Barely. We didn't. Yeah, yeah, okay, you're December. But uh, I think 1993 is one of my all-time favorite seasons because I've watched that highlight tape probably over 100 times. We've had it on VHS, and I became obsessed with Andre Coleman when I was like eight or nine years old. So I freaking love Andre, and I hope that – I wish him the best. You know, we'll see what happens, but he'll go somewhere. He, he's a smart guy. I want him to go somewhere, become an offensive coordinator, and then link up at a spot like North Texas or UTSA or App State, one of these, you know, G5 schools. And I want to get to a point where 10 years from now, Seth Luttrell retires after winning five straight national titles. And I want to be to a spot where I'm looking and saying, <laughs> look at what Andre Coleman's done at Appalachian State or Georgia State or North Texas or UTSA. I, I want to come back to Andre Coleman and say, I want to bring him home. I want that much yeah. success for him. Uh, but I don't want Andre, to see him. Yeah. I, I think he needs to uh, spread his wings. I think a lot of people need to get out of the family for a while. I mean, it's good for you. But – Man, Andre dropped the best K State quote this past year, year, talking about how you know why not? Why not us? Why can't? Why aren't? Why aren't we striving to get back to championships? There's no reason we shouldn't be, and that's the mentality we have to have. Yep. I, so I, I love him. I, I do love Andre, but no, I do not expect him to be retained. The next question. This is the one I was referencing earlier from probably the top K State Twitter account, the K State fan. Which of the possible hires excite you? Which would be fine, and which would piss you off? I want to do two for each of them. Two that would excite you. Two that you'd be like, meh, okay. And two that you would riot over. And they have to be somewhat connected to K-State. I'll go first because I thought about it. The two I'd be over the moon with are Seth Luttrell, Brent Venables. It's that easy. Um, I'd almost even put Neil Brown in there. The two I would be meh over would be Chris Kleiman and Norvell. I'm not as hot. Norvell made my list. Um, but I've gotten to the point where I'm so on, like so all in on Seth Luttrell and Not me too, and uh, and Brent Venables is like the no brainer. But then Neil Brown would be closer to that than a meh. So Norvell would be in that meh for me, and Chris Kleiman would be in that meh for me, um, only because I know how much Gene believes in him, and I believe in Gene. The two that I would just burn it down over that have been linked to K State. Um, First off, it's Eric Wolford, which is weird because <laughs> I don't these, have anything to add to this. All these former players are all trying to go all in on Wolfie for KSU. That's the weird. Uh, that's it's the, so weird, that's, and it's out of left field to have graphics made. Um, I would, I would melt down. He got fired from Youngstown State. Like, get the f out of here with that. And then Jim Lovett. Jim Lovett is the ultimate punt. He is not worthy of being a Power 5 head coach. He is not good. He's not a great defensive coordinator. He's the most overpaid defensive coordinator in Power 5 football. He's getting like $1.7 million to have a scoring defense. Our defense is better. Our defense currently is better than Oregon's. Anyone who wants Jim Lovett can hop into the river. I uh, I was going to get even more graphic than that. So those are my <laughs> two, two, and two. I literally have nothing to add because you said the exact same thing I was going to say. I'll say this. I'll change it up just a little bit for the sake of being different. 
I'd be pretty pissed off if we end up with Chris Kleiman. I really would. Um, I would not be excited about it at all. Um, it wouldn't. I gotta. I gotta re regroup here a little bit because you literally said exactly what I was gonna say. So I don't have much to add. But if we do end up with Kleiman, which I don't think we will, it would be extraordinarily underwhelming. Um, and I don't think that we would go backwards, but I think that it would be we would continue our status as being a middle of the road. We the it would be a low ceiling, high floor. We wouldn't go down, we wouldn't go up, but it, and it would probably re, it would probably remain boring. That's what would piss me off the most about it is that I would not be excited about going to K State football games. It would be a much of the same much of the same scenario. So, other than that, I I mean, you know. What well, am I going to be extremely excited about? Obviously, Brent Venables. Well, the Mets are. I don't know. I mean, because I can't. I guess I'll say Neil Brown and Mike Norvell. Even though I, I think that's being harsh on Neil Brown, because he's a good coach, like a really good coach, and he's proven that he can beat like big teams away from home. So I really do like Neil Brown, but just for the sake of being different, and for the sake of him not really being linked with us all that much and not being a Midwest guy, I'd be like, eh, I'd be mad about Neil Brown, you know. I'm lying, but <laughs> but I have to say it. Uh, also, the, yeah, Jim Levitt would be a horrendous hire. I my my some I, guy I, was chirping at move, us after I'm gonna, we. After I'm going to move on that from too. that. I'm going to move on. Well, from Jim's it just it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And uh, I'd rather have Brett Bielema. No, and I almost put Brett Bielema into my meh, but the guys at KSO have been adamant for over a year now. Well, he he's is just not. not a candidate. No, he's not. He's not a candidate. But I would. Much I mean, prefer can we take thirty seconds to shit on Dennis Dodds? Dennis Dodd is. There's a question in here. What that in I was the hell is he talking? If he would have spent like fifteen seconds sourcing that shitty article, he would have been able to cross off half the names he put on there. So there's two. Um, he had two names on the list that were, that were probably linked with k-state like legitimately and like climbing was like seventh out of seven i think it was yeah. so well, off. And, like he also had craig bull on there which again another name where it's like never ever he, seen us linked with like, him it was mentioned like for two seconds early on when gene taylor took the job but his buyout coupled with his mediocre results at wyoming he's it's it's stupid dennis dodd is so grossly overpaid and i'm embarrassed that he's from the kansas city metro it's I'm, insane i mean Aside, I mean, he was on he was on uh, eight ten the other day and just Fucking talking about how Levin was a Levitt was a hundred percent the front runner. But no. you know, aside from coming, he came to Manhattan recently. Do you, I don't know if you remember that? And like a couple weeks ago, and did the, his Snyder story, and he relied on the quotes from the YouTube, the YouTube video. Yeah, he's saying, a poor saying journalist. he won't be retiring anytime soon. He is a which is poor, just like, yeah, and he, yeah, dude, you're so yeah, off. He he did straight up say in his article saying that. He is not going to retire anytime soon. Dennis Dodd is an idiot, and I and Dennis, I hope you are listening to this. Our shitty little side hustle podcast has far more journalistic in- integrity than you have ever had. You're trash at your job. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna move on from that to one of our best question askers, literally <laughs> K. Uh, will Sean be a head coach after this season, or at least a coordinator? Um, First and foremost, I want Sean to be comfortable in his skin. I, I'm not gonna go. I, I'm kind of walking a line. I'm, I'm gonna move on from it because it's not place my place to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I think Sean Snyder has gotten uh, a very like it's weird. I for the longest time I think he got far too much credit, but I think this 
gear. He's gotten too much hate. I think this guy has put a ton of blood, sweat, and tears into Mm K-State. I would like to see him take an entire year off of coaching um, and just take a step back and then get back into the game. Although one rumor I've heard, which if true, I want him to go after it, is the rumor of Mac Brown wanting him to come to North Carolina. Yep. I would I would love that. I, I want nothing but the best for Sean. I want it, it's similar to Andre Coleman. I would yeah. I would love it if we got to a point where we could legitimately sit here on this podcast and say, hey, I now feel good about Sean possibly one day coming back. Um, and that being said, I've kind of cooled my stance on uh, a meltdown mode if he was retained. I don't think he's going to be retained, but if he were to be retained, I'm not to the point where I'm going to melt down like I might have been a couple weeks ago. I've been assured that some of the uh, vitriol claimed to be toward Sean has been grossly over-exaggerated. So that's where I'm with Sean. Um, Do you differ anywhere? What would you want to say about Sean? First off, I really would like to praise Sean for a second. Um, You know, he's given a massive chunk of his life to the university. He's given the university a lot of energy. And for the majority of the time that he's been in charge, he's led an elite special teams unit. You know, there's a reason that people have called a special teams U. There's a reason why we have special teams touchdown record. Uh, There's a reason why uh, we have such a consistent and rich tradition of performing at a high level at special teams, and Sean has a huge, huge part of that. You know, he's a great, great special teams coach. That said, is he going to be a head coach? Probably not. Certainly not immediately. Well, Um, and and here's my – I'm sorry for cutting you off. Um, There's been a lot of folks who have come forward and said that isn't what Sean wants. Maybe they're referring to K-State, but – I. I don't think there's a spot in FBS football for him to be a head coach. If he really wanted to be a head coach, I feel like he'd have to go to FCS JUCO Division Two, um, and I don't think I don't think that's where he would be best. Uh, so sorry for interjecting. Well, I was just gonna say that I'd like to see Sean go um, on and be a un- unit coordinator. Aside from being a special teams guy, uh, there are the rumors that he's gonna go to North Tech or sorry North Carolina. Got I got Latrell on my mind. I almost said North Texas. There are rumors that he's going to go coach under Mac Brown, which would not surprise me. Mac and Bill are very very close, um, but you know who knows what his ambitions are. Um, if he wants to stay a special teams coordinator and be a lead at that for the rest of his career, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm I, I'm totally fine with with that, and I wish him the best of luck if we retain him, if we don't retain him. But I do kind of agree that either maybe take some time off. Because anyone in any anyone in any profession that um, experiences such a devastating loss that he did in the last year it could probably use some time off, or at least maybe leave town, leave town, and you know try a different route. But that's not our place to say that. But that's just our that's my opinion. I mean, I'm not saying that that's something he should do, and I'm not advising him to do that. But I'm just saying maybe that's something that could. Would be a decent idea. I don't know. I'll read the next one just for fun. So this is at our boy, one of my favorite follows. We met Rob, and this I is didn't. this is Rob. Oh yeah, that's right. Shit, I hung out with him like for a I whole know. weekend. I, it was I really awesome. Wish I would have. Shout out, hey Rob. Shout out, you're my boy. I'm sorry I haven't. I didn't get a. He out actually with you. sent me like a, a few pictures of, uh, like when we were hanging out. We took a bunch of pictures and. 
It was fun. It was a good time. So this is from at Rob underscore N underscore KY, Rob in Kentucky. Um, why don't people like Michael Smith as a prospective coach? I'm going to take this one first. So, <laughs> Michael Smith is a great guy. He's K-State through and through. I have so much respect for Michael Smith. What he means to K-State, being a part of the foundation, being one of our most potent weapons back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, you know, it's, he's a great story. He left campus um, after Stan Parrish and decided, I'm done with football, and Bill calls him up. He flew home to he flew home. He was in Denver, flew home to California, and he was a walk-on. And Bill, he just got a random call from Bill Snyder one day. Bill said, hey, I'm offering you a scholarship because he was literally the best wide receiver we had on the team. He's a great story. Um, I'm sure he knows a lot about football. He has a lot of energy. He has a reputation for being a good recruiter. That said, <laughs> he's been coaching since 1997, and he's never been more than a positions coach. I mean... He's not even been a unit coordinator at the G5 level. I mean, in order for him to be considered a candidate, I would have to see sustained success from him as a major coordinator. I mean, that seems like a – not to shit on you, Rob, but it seems like a very obvious answer. What do you think, Scott? <laughs> I, n none of that is wrong. I, I'm going to say this about Smitty. I think there are a lot of folks who still feel some animosity about him leaving uh, in this uh, – era for a quote-unquote lateral move I think there's still some animosity towards him and Joe Bob who took what everyone seems to be as lateral moves to get out of town um, so I think that there is some pent-up animosity about that um, I, I, he's definitely not worthy of being a head coach um, but I would definitely no. take him back as a position if he wants to coach receivers you know and Seth Luttrell can't find someone better, okay, come on in. Um, but he's just another guy who uh, a handful of folks kind of toss around that I don't think he's anywhere near worthy of being a head coach. No, no way. I mean, be a court, you, you have to do more than what he has done. It's as simple as that. Um, and I don't really, Scott, I don't really subscribe to the, the animosity you know, no, leaving, neither, neither, leaving for a lateral move, leave, leaving K State does not. No, it's no, no, not no, a bad thing. No, I, I mean, no, no. I, I, don't, I, I, a don't think it was a lateral because he got a raise and he was able to go to Arkansas, where he. I mean, Bill stayed longer than anyone thought he was going to. So, I. Now let's. If it was like a a K State guy that was a head coach and he was successful and he was killing at K-State and then he left, that would hurt me. Yeah, but, but the long Kruger You know, I think effect, it's good. Yeah, long Kruger, I think it's very weird that he's, like, comfortable coaching. I could never do that. Yeah, and, and I could we, never do that. We're not going to talk about that, but I don't consider that. I, I don't ever consider moving on well, for a raise. I think it's good. Raise. It's experience. Yes, and, and not only that, but, you know, I, I never faulted any of the guys who came in and left under Bill Snyder. I mean, you have to look out for number one when it comes to your career. So uh, we'll move on from that. We're going to go to Clayton M underscore 87. He has a couple of them. He goes, what are your main concerns with this coaching search? If it's not Brent or Seth, would you consider it a failure? Uh, zero concerns with the coaching search. More than any of us know is going on and stuff was happening as far back as October and hell things have been happening ever since Gene Taylor got hired because he is a 
great AD, any athletic director has irons in the fire for all of his major programs. Bruce Weber isn't going anywhere, but I guarantee you right now, guarantee you Gene Taylor has a short list and he's kicked tires and said, hey, if Bruce were to retire out of the blue, are you in? Yeah, I mean, That's Gene's the, the man. Gene Taylor. At this point, I have zero concerns. No, um, no I'm concerns. confident in securing a very strong candidate, and I believe Gene has handled the situation perfectly. I think we will get our guy. I'll read his second question. How patient do you think the fan base will be with the new coach, getting his players and system in place? If he struggles a little in the beginning, do you think the fan base will be patient? I think so. I mean, I think people will be lenient um, with the new coach as long as we're seeing, you know, incremental improvement and uh, you know incremental success across the board early if it's if it's an absolute shit show from day one you know maybe people will give less latitude but i think you know people understand how difficult the job is going to be following you know coach schneider and following a legend and people know where we're at right now so but i i hope people are patient ready for the first time we have disagreed yes there is going to be a segment of the fan base the uh, Bill Snyder University fans, the Bill Bot fans, that will 120 percent uh, be locked and loaded for the very first loss or the very oh, first I don't disagree with thing there, that yeah. happens that are going to attack our next head coach because he, assuming say it's Seth Luttrell, he doesn't come from the tree, he doesn't come from the family. There are folks that are going to be ready to come after him, and that's disgusting. Um, we we appreciate what Bill Snyder's done, but K-State is bigger than Bill Snyder. And the fact that there are Bill Snyder University fans is disgusting to me. I look to people like Kevin Keatsman. I look to folks like, uh, you know, I won't name the site, but the other pay subscription site that have been very vocal of being Snyder over the university um, and saying stuff along the lines of they don't care about short-term success. They just want someone who's going to be – around longer and someone that, that needs to be in the family that is disgusting that is putting one man's legacy over the university and the athletic department that is so stupid and there is a much bigger segment of that fan of the fan base that subscribes to that than we want to believe yeah i agree we should stop giving them attention let's move on to the next question from little baby schmiedler baby schmied at p schmied the 25. The all-time leading scorer for Washburn University football. Absolute stud. Washburn, stud. Washburn's kicker. Um, Shout how quickly, out to the Schmiedler family, all yeah, of you. All of you. Love all of you. How quickly should we expect to see the Cats dressed in some new uniforms? Well, you know, we don't know the exact details of the process at Nike, and this is a good opportunity for us to pimp out, you know, one of an, our episodes that we're going to have in a few weeks with a Nike college football uniform designer, Jason Wright. But I guess next season. That's my guess. Um, the process is far more complex than we both understand, and we're going to learn a lot about that in in an episode with with Jason in three weeks or so. So stay tuned with that. And Jason's going to give us a lot of good stuff on the process of creating uh, new Nike uniforms and what he's done for K State. So it's going to be pretty interesting. There's a question, a few more down that I'll elaborate a little more. I think we're going to see a little bit of variance from some of the things that I have heard, but a full-fledged makeover, a full-fledged alternate. Um, I'm going to say 2020, but I think we will see some changes. In I 19. talked to Jason today. Um, I don't have much to say, but well, he said for the next question. we will leave it for 
I, I, I just say tune in in a few weeks because he's going to give us a lot more detail about the process. He said he's been fighting very hard to get things moving. So um, he's going to spearhead that. And it's going to be it's going to be fun. So I mean, a hundred percent, we're going to see some some variation next year. There's no doubt. In in you know, I think we're both talking if we have Latrell. Yes. So yes, we're yes, just yes. assuming. Just assume for the rest of this podcast that Latrell has happened. Unless we could be totally wrong. It could not happen. We're but, not. But but both of us Hashtag are pretty confident. It's lit with it's, two T's. It's lit. <laughs> um, the next question coming from Todd Vilhauer. Uh, slide no into, idea. Slide into the DMs. Tell me how to pronounce your last name. Pretty German last name. Where would you rank KSU as the de- in as a desirable job in the Big Twelve? And why? I'll let you go first. This is a. I thought a lot about this question. I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, this is a great question. So I try to break it into tiers. So tier one is Oklahoma and Texas. They're the Agreed. two the two blue blood schools. This is where I seriously struggled bad. Tier two, I put West Virginia, TCU, and Oklahoma State. I think they're not far above from TCU, but it's related. The reason I put them in that tier is that. They've had far more recent success than we have, and they've been operating on a higher level than we have. Tier 3, I put K-State, Tech, and Iowa State. I think they're all fairly even in terms of recruiting ability, but I do I, I think they're more isolated, although K-State, I think, is actually less isolated than Texas Tech and Iowa State because we have a direct flight into Manhattan, and that's crucial. Um, tier 4, I put KU, and Tier 5, I skipped, and then Tier 6, I put Baylor. Because Baylor is a shithole, and no one would ever want to go to Waco. It's a terrible, terrible place. I heard, actually, that Matt Rule was forced to go there for some reason. Someone has his family held hostage somewhere, and that's the only reason that he's taken that job. I want Matt Rule to take any other job because I no, like I, him as a human. He's a good guy. Oh, man, I hate that. Um, So I could actually – I could make an argument. I could make a legitimate argument. Is that arg- okay? No, that, that was fair. Good. Okay. I could make a legitimate argument for K-State being – the least desirable job all the way up to maybe the fourth or fifth most desirable job. It all depends on what you consider desirable. Um, I, I, I personally, Scott, Scott Wildcat personally, I would put them at <laughs> seventh. Because I I put a lot of value into recruiting base, so I think all four Texas schools I would consider more desirable um, because it's one of the most talent rich, if not the most talent rich, states to recruit to. Um, Oklahoma is in there, and then Oklahoma State, so much money, um, a fan base, uh, recent history of success, and then I would put K State there. Um, I would put KU, Iowa State, and I would put West Virginia below K State because you're. I'm fine with that. You're an island there. Yes, you have access to Pennsylvania, but I don't know how much you can recruit Pennsylvania kids to K State. So I'd put West Virginia, Iowa State, and KU behind K State. But I truly could make an argument for K State being the least desirable job, and maybe even as high as three or four. Yeah. I could one hundred percent argue any spectrum of that. Yeah, that's fair. So that that that's where I'm at. The next question. Next question from Prez04. Do you think it's still as hard to recruit to Manhattan as they say? Or is that just a narrative slash excuse that refuses to die? Um, do you want to go first on this one? 
Sure. Um, is it still hard to recruit to K-State? Yes, absolutely. Is it impossible? No, it's not. K-State for the past 30 years has been a top, I would say, 30 program. I think that's fair. You could make an argument for a little bit worse. We've had some probably lows that may drop us out of that. But, you know, we have top facilities. We have a direct flight to Manhattan. We've got really great loyal fans, which, you know what, shout out to them because I think both of us have been shitting on the fans for a while, <laughs> or at least I have. And it, it, I thought that they were they exceeded my expectations this year in a very tough season to sit through. And Manhattan's a fantastic college town. But, you know, I think simply we just haven't been doing our due diligence in recruiting in the recruiting game at K-State for a while now. That's why we're so behind the curve. You know, we don't really know how well we can recruit yet, but I firmly believe that we can recruit on the level of the Oklahoma States, even, you know, Iowa State's recruiting in the 30s. We can get in the 30s. Maybe we can crack the 20s eventually. But, you know, this is a very exciting time, and I'm saying this with the assumption that we have Seth Luttrell. Uh, we will find out just how well we can recruit to Manhattan, um, you know, I think our recruiting is about to change big time, and it's exciting. What do you think? I think that this is one of the most, and I'll talk about this. There's, There's another, another great question. question. I, I, I was I so excited to see we what you're going to say for that question. We have question. some great bonehead <laughs> questions, so shout out to the boneheads. We dumped on you guys about uh, having to up your question games up. You guys did a great job this week. This is what I'm going to say. I don't think – I think that the narrative of it's being – it's tough to recruit to K-State – is absolute garbage. Um, and it all stems from Long Kruger using that as a fake excuse to leave town when he <laughs> did, when really all it was was his wife telling him he had to leave Manhattan because he was screwing cheerleaders. 100% true. Oh my That's the only reason he left. That it wasn't because be... he wanted to go to Florida. <laughs> it wasn't because he wanted uh, to go to a You might have to throw an allegedly in there. Okay. He left allegedly because his wife allegedly told him he allegedly had to allegedly leave K-State because he allegedly was screwing cheerleaders. That narrative has never left. It has never been easier to recruit <laughs> to K-State than it is right now. You have three times day, uh, three times a day flights in and out of Manhattan from Dallas. You have... Very good to elite facilities. You have a history now. Man, we've of been winning. in here. It is phenomenal. There, I can't there, imagine there, that there are better facilities out there than what we have seen. It's it's an absolutely incredible, incredible there's, facility. There's no excuse saying that you can't recruit to Manhattan, Kansas, folks. Ames, Iowa, is a dump and not near anywhere. Lawrence, Kansas, you have to fly into Kansas City and drive an hour to get to Lawrence. And it's some hipster place. Like, get out of here. K-State is one of the – Manhattan is one of the best college towns in America. There, there are places in the SEC that are literally – you have to fly into an airport and drive six hours to get to. Manhattan, you have direct flights. It is not impossible to recruit to, to Manhattan. Do not listen to anyone who says that. I mean, the reason that Iowa State out-recruits us – and gets in the 30 is because they try. They try to recruit. And you know what? We have a we have a rich football tradition. Thank God for Bill Snyder for for setting that that tradition and that foundation, but let's just say it, it's going to be Seth Luttrell most likely. So, if it's Seth Luttrell or it's anyone that even gives a, a crap about recruiting, they're going to come in and they're going to show you all why that narrative is so silly. So, 
I'm going to ask another quick, a real quick question here, which I thought was fun. Um, it's from Derek Litke, at Derek Litke. I'm not sure. Um, hypothetically, how much money would it take Saban to get to Kansas State, and how long would it take for him to win a national championship here? Well, fifteen million dollars. He makes eleven a million a year oh, at shit. Alabama. Eleven okay. million. So I'd say we have to double it. Yeah, twenty. I'd say I would say maybe twenty million. Um, and I think genuinely, I think if Saban was our head coach uh, next season, um, we would be competing for a playoff in year three or four. Yeah. Year three and winning a natty, and or at least like we year would five. be in the national championship within Between, the fourth or fifth yeah. year. I mean, yeah. he's that good. I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Um, this is the next great question that yes. we I really, really yes, liked. Yes, and yes, I was excited yes. to hear what you would say because I, I don't know what you're going to say. But this is at doing work. There's a lot of things that we could answer this with. But what is the biggest misconception you think K-State fans or the K-State fan base holds and why are they wrong? So do you want to start? or you, you tell me. Do you want me to, do you want me to start or do you want to get yours in and then let me rant? Mine's kind of a rant, too, but I'll, I'll get mine in, and okay. then we'll both go on our own separate rants. My misconception is that no one can win at this football program aside from Bill Snyder. Clap- Scott's clapping. clapping into the mic. <laughs> okay, guys, football and sports in general are not that black and white. I understand the general fear and anxiety that are driving that narrative, especially from the older crowd that lived through Futility U. Especially, uh, uh, but you think, you know, that older crowd would... would those people of all people would understand just how different things are now. Um, Except for they're dumb. <laughs> Baby boomers ruined America. I don't want to. Uh, I I agree. I do agree with that, but I don't want to go. I don't want to go too hard on that. Look, Bill's a Hall of Fame coach. He might be a once in a lifetime guy. But guys, the turnaround is complete. The foundation is there now. We have great facilities. We got the we got the airport. We have roughly thirty years of success to build on. We got a great fan base. We got a great college town. You know, those of you that cite Ron Prince, yes, the Prince eras did not fare that well. But they still were better than the last <laughs> decade of KU football. And here's the thing about the Prince area. It sounds like it had little to do with football and coaching aspect and more to do with the fact that Ron Prince is had, so had a very big inability to be a leader, be a sane, balanced, and quality individual. Uh, you know, Prince was a menace, and he made it his goal to alienate and bully people. You know, you'll hear it from the mouths of the players that hate him the most. The man was smart, and he had an incredible football IQ. He was a good coach, and he recruited well. He recruited well. And he, here's the scary thing. He was just a psycho. If he wouldn't, if he wouldn't have joined the Big 12 at the peak of the last 50 years the peak of KU Missouri and at least a decent run from Colorado if he and, and Nebraska was all right during that time period if he was if he was coaching versus the current Missouri and the current KU he might still be our head coach also let's say this let's say we didn't hire let's say we did not hire Ron Prince of course Ron, I mean, Ron Prince happens to be the only other person after Bill Snyder that's coached, which is very unique, a very weird situation, because we brought Bill back, which is it's a bizarre situation. It's bonkers. But let's say we hired Gary Patterson in 2005. Do you think that Gary would have failed? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Prince failed because he was a bad guy, not because he was a bad coach. I mean, he was a, he was a bad guy, and he alienated everyone. He, he ruined that situation himself. And my last thing to say here is that Bill 
has been the only person to truly win here. Yes, but others can win here now, too, because of Bill. Very good rants. And um, I'm ready to hear where yours is. So I, I have I, a I thought. I could have gone for an entire year. I, yeah, I could have ranted for hours on this. Um, and you, is it the same? Do we have the same thing? Well, it was similar. Like, okay. I, I'm going a slightly different route from you. Um, I thought you might talk about the power cat. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about the power cat. I'm not going to talk about the power cat. That's this is a, such a good question. That's a losing proposition with K-State fans. I'm not going to do that. But this is my this is what I'm going to say. And this is more targeted to some folks in the K-State media. This is targeted towards um, folks who find themselves wanting Jim Levitt. This is targeting it towards folks who are scared to be elite. K-State the university, K-State, the athletic department, K-State, the entity, can be elite. There is nothing that is stopping this university from doing, from literally doing anything. Look at Clemson. Let's just look at Clemson, South Carolina. It's in the middle of nowhere. If you want to get to Clemson, South Carolina, you have to fly into like Atlanta, Georgia, and drive four hours. It's in the middle of nowhere. They made the right hire at the right time, and they went to work. Look at places like freaking Gonzaga and basketball. Look at an a, a mil, look at UC Santa Barbara and baseball. Look at all these different places, some unconventional spots where folks compete for championships. K State can compete for championships in literally anything. I promise you that. All you have to do is find the right hire and let them go to work. This pisses me off when this football hire came up. And this pissed me off when people talk about the basketball hire. This pisses me off when it comes to any decision made by K-Staters. K-Staters, the whole family narrative, there are some upsides to it. Yes. But the idea that only a K-Stater can win or achieve great things at K-State, is an absolute fallacy. There is nothing, nothing that is stopping this university from getting an amazing hire, say a Seth Luttrell, and say say he does start winning 10, 11 games. There is nothing this university, there's nothing about this university that says you can't keep him. And guess what? If he leaves, if he goes to Oklahoma, if he goes to a blue blood, if he wins a national championship at K-State and then Alabama decides they want him, so be it. When he does that. When, Lo- when load he does up, that. <laughs> put, up your bi- put on your big boy pants and realize this is Power 5 football. This is the Big 12. This is big time. <clears throat> Gene Taylor or whoever the AD is will go out and make another great hire. If I hear one more time – Someone tries to say, oh, I don't want Seth Luttrell because if he wins, he's going to leave. That is absolute bullshit. It's the – okay, it, it, all right. Oh, my Can God. Can I just say I'm real quickly why so that is the stupidest up. thing that you could possibly believe? Okay, so you hire a very good coach, and you're afraid that he's going to leave? Fine. Let him leave. That means that you've had three, four years of, of great success, and you're on an upward trajectory, and you're, the program is in far better shape than it was in. And now you can make another hire. And – on a better foundation. And, and, he, and here's the thing. He, he, here's something. 
everyone points to, oh, what would have happened if Bill Snyder would have left in 95 and gone to UCLA? Know what we would have done? We would have hired Bobby effing Stoops, and he would have won us a national title. This is what I'm going to say. If we get to the point where Blue Bloods and massive programs are offering more money than we can pay for a head coach, then so be it. We ride again, and we get another elite coach. I'm so tired of K-State fans thinking so little of our athletic department and our university that they're worried about being poached. It's time to start acting like the alphas that we are and realize that we can make the world our Iowa State and own them. So that, that's my biggest pet peeve when it comes to K-State fans. And it sucks that some of the loudest voices in the media that are connected to K-State, Tim Fitzgerald at Go Powercat, Kevin Keatsman at 810, these beta losers who think that the biggest reason why we need to go after a guy like Jim Levitt is, oh, he won't leave. That is... I mean, that's I, an extraordinarily stupid opinion to have. And also I, the fact that, you, oh you know, you, you obviously, that was a good rant. I really enjoyed it. And you said you were talking about, you know, people that don't think that we can be elite. Did, did Bill Snyder not prove that to you? We were elite. He, he, Bill was, he, made us elite. 11 wins I think a year. it was five out of six years we, we won 11 games. We have proved that Bill proved can be elite. You can do it. Bill, Bill is... God, it makes me. I know. I. I mean, God. We've been. We've been. We've been harping on Bill about how much he needs to leave. But thinking about what he has truly done for us, he made us leave. He changed our attitude, and he was like, and "This it's, is it's you sad, need it's to sad be, all the have to olds, be All the olds saw how poor we were to knocking on the doorstep of a national title. The fact that it's the older generation, not the younger generation who only has lived through Bill, the fact that the olds are the ones that are saying, hey, we don't want to be a stepping stone, that is, it's it's so disappointing in the older generation. The the, the generation To be that, careful what you wish for is, I, it, is very, very uh, silly because Bill would not believe that. Bill believes that, look, I made this for you, and this is what we need to do with it. He said, do not do not ride on the coattails. That's one of his greatest quotes. It's from the Miracle of Manhattan. Do not ride on the coattails because we will go backwards. I just... We it, can be elite. We, Absolutely. We can, We've been elite. There is nothing that is stopping us from being elite. Yeah, and that does Also, here's the thing. We have all the money in the world. If it comes down to it, we can win a bidding war versus almost every school except for a handful. And if one of those handfuls are ready to take one of our coaches and give them $10 million a year, then so effing be it. It's time K-State fans start acting like the elite fans that we think we are and realizing how great we truly can be. All right, rant over. We're moving Ooh, on to the next question. I need to question. smoke a cigarette after that. Oh, my God. We're both sweating, I think. <clears throat> this is at Chef Andre Napier. Napier? Napier. I don't know. Right. Do you believe Bill should have any kind of role with the program now that he's retired? No. I would say only if only if the coach asks him for input, but otherwise he should be completely hands-off. He should go all in on working with the School of Leadership Studies. And I know, because he's if, so good at that. If the next, if the next coach is smart, he wants to keep Bill happy so he doesn't try to torpedo. What I would do if I'm Seth Luttrell, if I'm the next head coach, I would leave all the 16-goal stuff up. Oh, and for I would, sure. And I would, I would ask Bill Snyder on the first, the night before 
fall camp starts, I would ask him to come in and give a 30-minute speech about the 16 goals. I would let him do that, and then I would not have him around at all except for that. Well, he shouldn't have really anything to do with like any decision-making or anything like that. No, but, just but an Seth occasional w- speaking. Seth would be very wise to contact him and may have a relationship with him. That would be that would be it would be very wise. But um, next question from the same gentleman. If Sexy Seth is the next head coach, what are your expectations going to be next season in parentheses wins and losses? 6 and 6. For me I say, you know, 6 and 6 would not be out of the realm of possibility. But if we go 5 and 7 or worse, I'm not going to be panicked, you know. We are in a tough situation right now and coaching changes are tough in general. Uh, that said, not that said. I mean, say making a jump. Oh, he's also making a jump to a different conference. Um, a, a far more difficult conference. He's he's taking a level up from, you know, G5 to P5 in a conference that's just loaded with um, offensive firepower. So it's it's not a it's not necessarily a conference you want to come into build a new and build a new program. It would be very difficult, but you know, 6 and 6 is not crazy. I'd be happy with 6 and 6 next year. We went 5 and 7 this year, that'd be an improvement. So 6 and 6. Yeah, and I, I think it more has to do with how healthy the team can stay because, stay because the depth isn't there. Stay healthy, six and six, seven and five. Have a bunch of injuries. You're back to four and eight, five and seven. It is what it is. Um, his next question, Chef Andre Napier. Um, he had quite a few questions. Damn, dude, he had like four in a row. Yeah, I'm just he, noticing. He's a good. He, hey, shout out to you, great bonehead. Um, I've never seen this guy. I know until it's, now. It's native. where have you been? I love you, Chef. Um, over under three uniform combi- combinations next year. Side bet: What color polo uh, will the coach wear in the first home game next year? So it's going to be over three, and this is what I was going to talk about. Uh, you might have more information. We might get more information on our Nike Pod, but I'm at least under the impression that we currently have at our disposal white pants and a non-camo white shell we could be using, oh, and. Right. Also, getting decals isn't out of the realm of possibility. So I'm going to say over three. And even say say nothing brand new happened, I still think it will be over three because I believe Seth will break out the camo white helmet at home and on the road. And that gets you to four right there. So I'm saying over three, easy. Oh, my God. I've been desperate to see the white camo on the road. I, I pray that we do not ditch the traditional uniforms. But, hey, what – What's considered like a uniform combination? It's going to be really anything. Well, anything yeah, so in, in the years where the white camo helmet has come out at home, that's a new that's unit. A new, yeah, okay. so that would be three. So we're talking helmets, most, pants, really The anything. most we have seen in our lives are four, and that's only happened once when Ron Prince broke out purple and purple at home, purple gray at home, white gray on the road, and white purple on the road. Well, I'm going to say easily it's going to be over. I read somewhere that North Texas has like 240 different combinations. So Seth likes uniforms. It's going to be over. I'm worried about getting anything too crazy in on that short, but maybe you'll surprise me we'll when see. we talk tonight. Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to have a very cool episode. We've obviously plugged it several times, but ne- in a, in 3-4 weeks we're going to sit down with with a genuine college football Nike uniform designer that works at nike he's done work at kansas state um we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot more in a few weeks so make sure to tune into that and the last question from mr chef 
Will the first game be louder than any home game this past season? I think so. I mean, make no mistake about it. The excitement and buzz in the first game is going to be immense if it is Seth Luttrell. I just cannot I cannot wait for this announcement. I pray that we are right. I pray that we're not putting our foot in our mouth right now. If it's Seth Luttrell, absolutely. It's gonna, the excitement's going to be crazy because I imagine the offseason is going to be just full of hype. I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be great. You want to take two, the next yeah, one? Two questions left. KB Hampton 13 asks, would hiring a defensive-minded coach worry you with the high-powered offenses in the Big 12? You mentioned it earlier. If you're bringing a defensive first coach into the Big 12, you better be an elite defensive mind. Um, there's a reason why my hot board outside of Brent Venables and elite defensive coordinator was offense first. Uh I, I think that you have to win on offense because even if you're a good, not great defensive mind in the Big 12, you're giving up 30 points a game. So yeah. that's that's my stance on it. My stance is, I mean, my stance is not necessarily. Um, it depends on who the coach is, depends on the type of offense that they want to run, and it depends on the staff that they put together. You know, I know that sports are built seemingly across the board around high-powered offenses these days, but, you know, that may be what it takes to be successful. I don't know. But if we hired Venables or some other great, great defensive mind and they brought in a great offensive staff, we'd be fine. I mean, it would. It, we'd probably actually be better off. So, you know, who the hell knows? And here's the last question. It's from at PVCat82. What recruits could Latrell bring with him? I'm just going to say too early to tell. I mean, I even spoke with DY about this, and he probably said that, you know, it's possible that some he could bring some with him, but you know he hasn't dug dug into it at all. Uh, so I'd say just wait and see. I'd you know what I'd say to that go go to KSO and subscribe to them, and in the in the coming weeks you're going to get that information. So well, all I'm gonna say is North Texas and Conference USA was in the rivals ranking in the 50s. We're currently in the 90s. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a quick turnaround. This is what I'm going to say. If if Seth Luttrell were to be announced tomorrow or the next day, I would 100% be fine if he told any of his current recruits, hey, do you want to come play Power 5 football? Come on. Because fact of the matter is there's not going to be enough time for him to fill a 25-person class. Um, it's, it's just not going to happen. So if 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 it gets announced soon, I'd be 100% fine with any of the guys who want to come. You can come. So that's just me. There were more questions that you left out. Yes. The, were the I mean, there's one that I really like that I wanted to answer. Okay. But we don't have to do it. We can save it for later. It's hit, the, hit, it's pause, the, hit pause it's the and most, we'll talk about this. Okay, okay. Okay, we found the question. We have to shame you, even though, you know, we have the same name, and I hate to do Grant on Grant crime, but Grant F. Leonard at GLEMA21. He has two questions. We're shaming you because you did not use – you didn't follow the rules, buddy. You got to use Ask Bosco. Hashtag Ask Bosco. That's the reason that we – that's the way that we find the questions. It's much easier for us. So that's the reason we kind of lost your question. But your first question is, what was the point um, when K-State football was elite for the first time on the field? That's his first question. What do you think? Yeah, for me, I – and I might hold elite in a slightly higher – term I don't know I'll be interested to hear what you have to say I would say it's the dismantling of Syracuse in the 97 so Fiesta good. Bowl um, 
you you basically demolished a team that was hyped by the media as being this great uh, team out on the East Coast, and you just embarrassed them uh, on national television with Michael Bishop. Um, I think that is where it truly became elite. And again, maybe I'm using, maybe I keep elite in a higher threshold well, than I should. But no, that's, you're that's using what elite properly. You're using the word elite properly. <laughs> but. And, hey, some say that 97 was our best team ever. So it, you're not wrong. Um, I think I'd say 95. Uh, 1995, maybe beating KU was was maybe the moment. And that was, like, the biggest matchup in the history yeah, of the Sunflower Showdown. I think that might be when we became elite. You know, we lost to Nebraska the week prior, and we returned to Manhattan playing number six KU on national television, and we absolutely destroyed them, like 44-7 to 7 or something. I could be wrong there. But and I think that's probably a better answer than mine. I would say that 95 was when we when we arrived as a team, as an elite team in the country. We had the number one total defense in the nation. Uh, we lost two games that year. We finished, and, and that, that KU team finished 10-2. and two. And I want to say that we finished 10-2 and two as well, or 10-3? and three? No, 96, I'm trying to think. 96, we would have lost our bowl game because for an entire decade we lost all the evens until 2000 it reversed. But who did we lose to in 96? BYU? BYU. BYU. Oh, no, 95. I'm I'm an idiot. We're talking about 95. I'm an idiot. So who did we beat? Uh, 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 We we beat in the Holiday Bowl. We played Colorado State. Yep, Colorado State. Okay, Colorado State. So – I I would say that – I miss the Big 12 having a connection to the Holiday Bowl, by the way. Man, me too, me too. Um – so I would say 95 was, was the year that we really arrived as an elite team. We had the number the number one scoring defense in the nation. Total defense, not scoring defense. That was, Total that defense was our first 10-win season, Number one correct? in the nation. I think so. You could make an argument that the first time where K-State was like, this is an elite team, was the 93 Copper Bowl. Well, and, but going back to that 95, se- 95 season – Listen to this. You had Nebraska as the national title winner. Colorado was the number five team in the nation. And we should have absolutely we, yes. beat them. We totally blew that blew, game. Bottled it. Uh, we came in seventh and KU number nine. You had 12-0, and 10-2, 10-2, 10-2. Yeah, I mean, that's, Holy an incredi- that's an incredible Holy big crap. eight. Holy crap. That's an incredible big eight. And we were among that. So I would say 95 is the is the time that it was like I, we're I liked, elite. I like that answer, be, beating KU, and you could even go the very next week demolishing Oklahoma at home. Yeah, uh, it, it, I mean Oklahoma. It's more the name because that year they didn't even finish ranked. But the only other argument I would make, and it it doesn't probably. You're right. You're using the word elite correctly. But '93, the Copper Bowl, when it was, we were predicted to lose. We I, were playing a very high octane offense, and we we're on national television for the first time in our first. Our second ever bowl, and we just absolutely destroyed. I, I think you would say '93 Cotton Bowl is when we be, we that's when we, we jumped onto the radar, right? Yeah, and I wouldn't I think, call us elite. I think there. I think your answer, the '95 game versus KU, where we became elite. I think that's a great answer. Um, so what his, was the final his, one? His influential players and is what? Who is the most impactful player in Snyder 1.0 oh. and in Snyder 2.0? So right, well, I'll take this because I'm going – or you can take it. Well, I, I'm just going to – you put more thought into it, so I want to leave the listeners with your more thought because I didn't see these. Okay. Um, 1.0, it goes back to my spot where I said where we became elite. I still think it is Michael Bishop. Um, 
if, you, if you're talking about truly impactful players, he's the guy that when you talk to a random Florida State fan in New Orleans while you're on on business trip there, that's the player that gets brought up as Michael Bishop in 1.0. In 2.0, folks would be thinking, oh, you know, he said Michael Bishop. That means Colin Klein has to be 2.0. No, I'm saying Arthur Brown because I think High Arthur five, Brown baby. truly – when you look at the defensive side of the ball, and we had some monsters in 1.0, but what Arthur Brown was able to do in modern college football, the way he was able to go sideline to sideline, I see highlight clips from 2011-2012. What he was able to do is it's just next-worldly. I And because he didn't get the accolades, he wasn't an All-American, his name will never go on the Ring of Honor, and that's a shame. He 100% should go in the K-State Sports Hall of Fame because Arthur Brown, oh, I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think he legitimately has a shout for being the most elite linebacker K-State has ever had when you truly look at what he was able to do in that era of college football. I 1,000% agree. So I'm going to be a little obscure with Snyder 1.0. Um, I'm going to go with something completely unexpected. I'm going to say the most influential player of Snyder 1.0 is Quentin New Year. He was a key player in the foundation, and he was very, very influential in the turning point of the trajectory of our program. He was part of the senior class in 93 that got us to our second-ever bowl game, and he exemplifies. What's so important about Quentin Quentin New Year is he exemplifies uh, a major aspect of Bill's recruiting style. Quentin, Quentin New Year was a gem of a player found in a very small town in Nebraska that Bill turned into uh, a first-team All-Big 12 NFL player. I mean, he is exactly what Bill Snyder turned K-State into. Quentin New Year was one of the guys that turned around. I almost said Jamie Mendez, but but Quentin perfectly fits that mold of the oh, Bill Snyder Jamie player. Jamie Mendez was here getting drunk with us, right? You know now. what? We're going to get Jamie Mendez on the podcast. Love Jamie Mendez. I texted Frank, Frank Hernandez, who is boys with uh, Jamie, and uh, I do think we can get him on the pod, but that's for another time. In Signer 2.0, you're absolutely right. You nailed it, my guys. It's it's Arthur Brown. You know, During this, the peak of Snyder 2.0, um, Arthur Brown had an immense impact. Uh, he took what was a good team in 2011, he turned him into a great team. He took a great team in 2012, he turned him into Borderline a, elite. A, an, an elite team. I mean... You know, he completely transformed that entire defense, and he brought the team to another level. Absolute class player. So I'm glad that you said, I'm glad that you said Arthur Brown because I have I have so much respect for Arthur Brown. Uh, we we do have a little bit of basketball talk. We're going to stick in here because it is basketball season. A reminder that we are brought to you by my bookie. Use promo code Boys25 for a 50% deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars. Scott's. Just, um, he's belching. We've been throwing beers back. Yeah, we we might be a little buzzed. It's fine. It, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but remember, go to my bookie, guys. The promo code will not be usable very long. Uh, you guys are truly bankrupting him. We get to hear back <laughs> from my bookie. You guys are some of the best gamblers in the armchair all American umbrella. You guys are you guys are winning money. I am so proud of you guys. Um, but we're yes. Gonna, so hop onto my bookie. Use yep. the promo code Boys Twenty Five, capital B O I S Twenty Five, so the so they know that we sent you. So we're gonna we're gonna transition to some basketball talk. So the Cats, 
took a loss um, uh, last weekend, and they fell to number 16 in the AP poll and 15 in the coaches poll. Not a terrible drop. No, it, we we I go. I honestly thought it was going to be bigger. I, I did too. But hey, we go to Tulsa, who's five and three on the year. They're five and zero at home this season. It's a three thirty p.m. CBS Sports Network. You know, Tulsa's had losses to Nevada and SIU in their tournament, and they've lost uh, uh, at Utah. Um, they host Oklahoma State on Wednesday, so that's something to pay attention to tomorrow or today or yesterday, which whenever the hell you're listening to this. Um, wh- what are you looking for to bounce back in this game against Tulsa? We need to get our defensive swagger back. Um, quite frankly, we got exposed versus Marquette. Um, there were a couple questions that came in of folks trying to talk refs. That That's not what we're ever going to do as a podcast. Um or at least as long as I'm writing up the outlines. If you write an outline up, uh, you can throw referee talk Look, in here. That's not what. Anyone I'm that about. watched the game knows that the refs were pretty bad, but it was it was both that's ways. Both ways. And that's the thing about college basketball refs. Yes, they might be the second worst referees in America behind MLS, but both teams have to play with them. It's so, unfortunate uh, that that. That our style is very conducive with being physical and being in your face defensively, and we had a a team of referees that wanted to basically call everything, and that took us out of the game. And that's you know whatever. I'm sure that they were. You could probably call a foul on every single possession in college basketball. So technically, they were not wrong. Some of the fouls were pretty god awful. Like the Barry Tech was dumb as shit. Uh, you know, we got in bad foul trouble, but that's going to happen. And, you know, whatever. We're not blaming the loss on refs. It just is what it is. So what I'm looking for to bounce back in this game is, gosh, I don't know. I, I You know, we do need to get our defensive swagger back, absolutely. But what I need to see, I need to see Dean get rolling. And what I would really, really like to see is Bruce um, – incorporate like by design Dean into the offense far more. I want I want design sets for Dean. Dean needs to touch the ball every time we go down to the floor. He had three shots in the first half. And I actually think that might be wrong. I think he had less than that. So Dean's our best player. He's the Big 12 def- uh, preseason player of the year. It's criminal that he is not Dean needs to go out every single game, and he needs to say, "I if I don't score 30 points tonight, I, we're going to lose. That's the mentality that Dean needs to have because he's that good. He can score. He He's that good. He's able to do that, one, and, you know, we need him to do that. So that's what that's one of the main things that I want to see. That's what I'm looking for. I, I, we got to get Dean going, and he's going to score quiet 16 points, but I don't want quiet 16 points. I want a loud I want, 26. I want the goddamn wolf. He earned the Dean Wolf nickname for for a reason, and it's I'm sick, I'm I'm sick of Dean being passive. It's you know we're we were a top ten team last week, fucking act like it. I'm ready to just we got to be more aggressive offensively. Is there anything else that you would like to see? No, I it, I'd like to see us I, shoot the three ball better. Yeah, I but I'm that's, almost giving up on the three that ball is better. a cancer. I, I think I'd that like we're gonna to, have to deal with. I would like to see us honestly. I'd like to see us assert our will on Tulsa. And get some of the younger guards some more playing time. They got a lot of playing time versus Marquette. It didn't go well. Um, this, you know, we're we're about to like get to the point where we're wrapping up the we're wrapping up where the young guards can get meaningful minutes outside of Big Twelve play. So I'd like to get up early, get up often, and get some of them in there. Um, 
but I don't know. We're going to see what happens. I was actually planning on driving down there, but it sounds like weather is going to be icy and snowy in South Kansas and in Oklahoma. So that means I'm going to stay at home. So slide into those DMs. Tweet me if you're going to be watching the game anywhere in the Kansas City metro because I have no access to CBS Sportsnet. So hit me up. Let's watch the game, Boneheads. Hey, Maybe we could check out Soli's, man. Ian Campbell was pimping out. Uh, Ryan Yeager, I think is his name, was pimping it out. Sounds like a really fun place. Sounds like a KU bar. Well, somebody said that. I don't know if they're going to watch it. We'll see what happens. It sounds amazing. If if you're going to be out and about in the Kansas City Metro watching the game, tweet Scott Wildcat, Grant underscore KSU, at Bosco's Boys. Let us know where you're going to be watching the game. Let's hop into it. Do you have any keys to V for this game? Uh, the first one actually, I I read prematurely. It was to get Dean rolling. He needs to play every night like he needs to score thirty, or we will lose. That's the mentality that needs to change. I also want us to keep our defensive intensity going. I'd say that's two fair keys to be. I don't those know. are those are very fair. Uh, mine is going to be stay out of foul trouble. We saw how quickly the game can turn on us when key members get in foul trouble. And my fourth one, the fourth one is going to be, uh, you know, have Mac have a breakout game. I think this is a game where McCall Mayween can really exploit his skill set against our opponent. And I would love to see him have a massive game. So those are our four keys to be. Let's go straight up game prediction. Give us a score, Grant. Are we going to get back on the winning run? Look, I don't think Tulsa are very good. I also don't think we're very good on the road, like at all. If I if I were to criticize Bruce Weber, um, it would be that we are very poor on the road, and that has plagued Bruce Weber teams for the last three or four or five years. But I think we do bounce back. I actually have the Cats by 10, 75-65. I don't think Tulsa's very good. I don't think it's going to be a tough place to play. I think we win. What's your prediction? I think we are going to see a great bounce back game. I think we're going to hold Tulsa under 60 points. I'm going to go out and say Cats 71, Golden Hurricane 57. I like that. That's gonna. It's a stout defensive performance. We have one more question that we decided to bounce to the and end he, of this because it's a he, basketball. He's one question. of my favorite guys. He has a locked profile, but I followed him on the Bosco's Boys account, and I have a great DM conversation going back and oh, forth. Oh, he's the man. He he is the man. Shout out to at Baller Status Cat. He is. He's just a great dude. Follow him on Twitter at Baller Status Cat. He's and awesome. Everyone tweet gifts of Rick Ross to him because yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Um, so the question is, how many more wins will KSU men's basketball string off before their next loss? Grant, how many are you saying? I say six. Woohoo! And then we lose at Tech. Yes, I'm just, the same. I'm I the don't same. think. You know what? I don't think we're a good road team. I don't know what is what it is about Bruce's teams that. Have has have struggled mightily on the road. Um, maybe we will see something different different this year with our senior experience and our senior talent. But you know, we go to the road in our first true environment this year, and we get absolutely gashed. And it doesn't take anyone can look at our our road record in the last several years, and it's abysmal. So I, I'd like to see that improve this year. But 
you know, I think we're going to lose at Tech because they're obviously very good. They're number 13. And, well, and I um, wasn't a believer in Tech, but Beard. They have an incredible. Beard Beard's an incredible good. coach. Beard's yeah. good. So He's so good. I agree with you. At Tech is going to be the next loss. I don't have anything less left on this outline. Uh, I, I, do, I do want to say I'm all in on and meet up in power and light before the K-State Vandy game. We'll get timing in the exact location. But I had a text conversation with uh, our buddy Matt Hall. He's interested in kind of combining forces. So we might be combining forces with a Kansas City pregame event somewhere in Power and Light. Um, so stay tuned. We'll, we'll get back to you hopefully next episode. So I love you guys unconditionally. It's the Christmas season. Uh, this is what I'm going to say. It's the Christmas season. Think about your favorite nonprofit or charity. Spend a little money and donate this Christmas season. Um, you know, there, the, uh, there's a lot of folks that have it a lot worse than you. I'm not going to tell you to spend $1,000 on charity, but I'm just going to say um, it's the giving season. If there's a charity you're passionate about, uh, reach out to them. Donate your time, treasure, uh, talent. Uh, it's the Christmas season. I love you guys unconditionally. Um, Grant, you can take us out. I love you guys, too. Um, thank you guys a lot for your very good questions. Um, this is the most fun that I think I've had recording an episode for a while. Um, you could probably hear us getting a little a little more buzz as, as the, the episode goes along. So bear with us on that note. But um, it's been fun. Um, it might be lit. Yeah. It um, might be lit. If when when the oh. coaching hire happens, if it's not directly up against one of our typical recording times, we will we'll do, toss something out. We'll do an emergency episode, but we're going to try to keep it two times a week, releasing on Sunday more or Monday morning and Wednesday morning for you guys. I think we've kind of recorded this knowing or thinking, just assuming that it would be Latrell. So you can kind of assume that it's going to be Latrell listening to this. But episode. if it's not, but we're going to have not, a very fun, panicky podcast. Yeah, we will be shitting our now. pants, freaking out. But hey, guys, we love you. Um, thanks for listening. You are the show. I mean, we would be nothing without you, so meet us at the Cathead. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five golden rings. Four calling three French hens, turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Christmas, my true love gave to me. Eight ladies dancing, seven ladies dancing, six ladies dancing, five. Better not shout, you better not cry, you better not in a pear tree on the ninth. On the eighth, on the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Seven we come to swimming, six on the five golden rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, come the boar's head, and there I be decked with base and partridge in a pear tree. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me eleven pipers piping, ten loads of leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids and milking, seven swans are swimming, six geese a leg, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my I have a little dreidel. I made it out of clay, and hey, when it's dry whoa, and ready, whoa, 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 a dreidel I shall play. Hey, oh, hey, dreidel! Twelve days of Christmas. What? Yeah, Christmas. Eight, eight days of Hanukkah. Oh, it's a Christmas medley. 
On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. On the twelfth day, my true love gave to me. Twelve drummers drumming like Olympus above the Serengeti. Eleven pipers piping, ten lords leaping. Two ladies dancing, they were dancing for me. Eight maids milking, they were milking just for me. I had Christmas down in Africa. Network.